The Jack Benny Program, transcribed, presented by Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. I've made a resolution, friends, to get more smoking fun. I've switched to milder Lucky Strike for 1951. Ring out the old ring in the new, a lucky year it will be. For we know fine tobacco counts and LSMFT. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Friends, are you happy with your brand? Here's why I ask. A recent 38-city survey shows that millions of smokers are not happy with the cigarette they're now smoking. Now, if this is true of you, and you want to be happy, go lucky. You see, fine tobacco, and only fine tobacco, always gives you both perfect mildness and rich, true tobacco taste. Everything you want in a cigarette. And LSMFT, Lucky Strike, means fine tobacco. Yes, every Lucky You Light gives you complete smoking enjoyment. That happy blending of perfect mildness and rich taste. So be happy. Go Lucky. Start with a carton today. Be happy. Go Lucky. Be happy. Go Lucky. Strike. Be happy. Go Lucky. Go Lucky. Strike today. Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in a few short hours, it will be 1951, and another year will have passed into history. Yes, as the saying goes, time and tide wait for no man. So now we bring you a man who hasn't tried his luck with tide, but who has licked time, and here he is, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. Now, Don... Step away from the microphone and let Phil get on. But, Jack... Don, I said, step away from the microphone and let Phil on. But, Jack, why do you want Phil on so early? Because this is New Year's Eve, and if we don't get him on fast, we may not have him at all. <laughs> Believe me. Now, wait a minute, Jackson. I heard what you said, and that may be true of the old Phil Harris. Harris the ne'er-do-well. I see. But I want you to know that the leopard has changed his spots. <laughs> Really, Phil? Yes. For the year 1951, I'm going to be a new man. I'm going to spend more time around the house, devote myself to gardening. And who knows, someday my petunia bed may be the envy of the entire community. <laughs> Phil, there is nothing more soul-satisfying than planting a seed. Watching the little plant push its tender leaves through Mother Earth and blossom into a fragrant flower. <laughs> Phil, Phil, let me look at something there, will you? A colorful bloom lifting its dew-kissed petals toward the warmth of the morning sun, 
Next, you're in all the hands. Phil, you've got a script from Life Can Be Beautiful. <laughs> Here's our script. Well, here I am a bum again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jackson, tonight are we... Wait, wait till I walk back to my microphone. <laughs> now cut that out! <laughs> Musicians. Jack, they were whistling at me. Oh, oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Mary. Happy New Year, Don. Same to you, Mary. Happy New Year, Phil. Phil? Phil, what are you daydreaming about? Have you noticed the rich crimson colors of the poinsettias this year? <laughs> Phil, put down that script. What script? I'm auditioning for a seed company. <laughs> well, not now. We have a very special sketch to do tonight. Oh, Jack, what? I got a letter from Mama this morning, and she wants me to thank you for the Christmas present you sent her. Oh, good, good. Your mother, uh, what does the Harriet Craig of Plainfield have to say? <laughs> I've got it right here. I'll read it to you. <clears throat> My darling daughter, Mary, just a few lines to let you know that we had a wonderful Christmas and hope you had the same. Yeah. Please thank Jack for the present he sent us. It brightened up our whole Christmas. What do you send them, Mary? A light bulb. <laughs> 60 watt. <laughs> Tell Jack we appreciate it very much, and it goes for the socket he sent us last year. <laughs> yeah. We had the whole family here for dinner on Christmas Day. And your cousin Martha came with her new husband, who is quite famous. He once wrote Lincoln's Gettysburg Address on the head of a pin. Well. I know a lot of people have done it before, mm -hmm. but he's the only one who ever did it with a typewriter. <laughs> well, now that's ridiculous. <laughs> what else, Mary? We've had a terrible cold spell and has been causing a lot of damage on the farm. For the last few weeks, we've been getting nothing but broken eggs. Broken eggs? The ground is so cold, the hens are laying them standing up. <laughs> Gee. Your mother's really going tonight, isn't she? No other news, so we're closed now. Wishing you and Jack a very happy new year. Your loving mother, Mama. Say, Mary. Uh, wait a minute, Jack. There's more. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Mary, I heard the program where you said grass reek instead of grease rag. Mm -hmm. How could you make a mistake like that when your sister babe runs one? <laughs> you know, Mary, one thing about your mother. Come in. Well, look who's here. Well, hello, Dennis. Do you mind if I sing my song right away? I'm in a hurry. In a hurry? What for? This is New Year's Eve, Bob. I gotta keep rolling. What? Wanna have a quick one with me, Phil? Dana! Step aside, kid. Dennis, what's come over you? Pucker up, Liv. I'm gonna hang one on you. Dennis. Dennis. What happened to you? When I got off the bus, I bumped my head. Oh. It feels so good, I hope I can get the same bus going home. 
I hope so. It was a sunset bus. Look, look, Dennis. Once I did it on the Wiltshire bus. What a hangover. <laughs> all right, all right. Now, hold it. Dennis, what did you say when you first came in here? Oh, I said, can I sing my song now? I'm in a hurry. Look, kid, I heard your song at rehearsal and the orchestra was out of tune. Hold it, Scrooge. Hold it. <laughs> Look, Jackson, you can stop being sarcastic because in 1951, I'm making a lot of changes to improve the band. I'm adding some new musicians. Really? Yep. I'm adding another pianist, two violinists, a clarinetist, a harpist, and a chiropodist. <laughs> a chiropodist? Yep. He was with Guy Lombardo for three years, two years with Wayne King, four years with Kay Kaiser. Phil... Phil, a chiropodist is someone who works on people's feet. He is? Certainly, don't you ask questions? Jackson, when a fella tells you he's Petrillo's cousin, we band leaders don't pin him down. Oh. Well, Phil, this new man will have a picnic with your band. They never wear shoes anyway. How they can snap their toes when they roll those dice is beyond me. <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> you know, boy, Phil, these boys of yours are absolutely amazing. But lucky for you, the phone rang because I had three more that were pips in there. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Mr. Barry, this is Rochester. I didn't expect to hear from you. I gave you New Year's Eve off. Are you at home? No, I'm just reporting it from Central Avenue. Oh, you've already started your evening. Huh? Well, where are you now? Well, right now I'm at the Esquire Club, and we've got a lot more places to go before midnight. More nightclubs? Yeah, and you ought to see the way me and my friends are dressed. Top hat, white tie, and track shoes. <laughs> track shoes? This is New Year's Eve, and we can't waste time in transit. <laughs> Oh. We came in this club so fast we spiked the doorman. <laughs> well, Rochester, I hope you have a real good time tonight. Are you with Susie? No, I'm with Eloise. Eloise? Hey, she's a new one, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like her, huh? Boss, when she smiles, she looks like a Los Angeles landlord the day they sign be control. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. That's living again, eh? <laughs> Never mind that. Now, look, Rochester, as I said before, I want you to have a lot of fun tonight, but don't overdo it. When do you think this party will end? Well, there's no set time, boss. People just go home as their birthdays come up. <laughs> what? Mine's in June, so don't wait up for me. No, you don't. You'll be back home tomorrow, and that's final. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. Now what? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Rochester. <laughs> Gee, Rochester is so fortunate. New Year's and his day off come at the same time. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, since this is New Year's Eve... 
We are going to revive an old custom and present another. Oh, Jack. Yes, Don. Before you do the sketch, I think we ought to have a commercial. A commercial? By all means. Is the sportsman quartet here? Oh, yes, Jack. And they prepared a number that's quite appropriate for the new year. It's all about New Year's resolution. Well, that's very clever. I was afraid they'd have something about the 4th of July. <laughs> Go ahead, boys. Let's hear it. <laughs> We resolve when playing golf to never lose our temper. We'll stop and smoke and count each stroke we promise to remember. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky strike today. When my wife demands a new fur coat just like her cousin, I'll light a lucky, take a puff and say, let's buy a dozen. When the phone awakens me some morning from my slumber, I promise not to blow my top at sorry, pal, wrong number. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Everyone is making resolutions to reduce. But as for me, I just can't see that it would be much use. Be hippie, go lucky, be hippie, go lucky, strike, be hippie, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. One more year has come and gone and Benny's feeling fine. When his toupee is old and gray, he'll still be 39. Here's a resolution every one of you can make. Be full of cheer throughout the year and then for goodness sake. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike. Be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Very good, Don. Wonderful. And sportsman, happy new year. Happy new year. Don. Don, they talk. They talk. This is wonderful. Hey, come over here, fellas. Mary, say happy new year to them. Happy new year, boys. Happy year. New. <laughs> oh, darn it. The tenor got in the wrong place. Maybe we'll get it right next year. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as I started to say, since this is New Year's Eve... We are going to revive an old custom and present our New Year's fantasy entitled The New Tenant or Goodbye 50, Hello 51. Now, I will play the part of the old year, 1950. And Don, you will be the world. Oh, Jack, every time you do one of these fantasies, you make me play the world. Just once, I'd like to be the little New Year. You play the part of the little New Year? Don, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous? Why? I could wear a diaper, couldn't I? Don, you not only can't wear a diaper now, but there's a great element of doubt in my mind that you ever could. <laughs> so you'll play the part of the world. Just come dressed in your latitudes. <laughs> or if it's cold, wear your longitudes. <laughs> Now, let's see. Jack, what? how come you're getting most of the jokes in the program today? My writer did that instead of buying me a Christmas present. <laughs> Cheap guys. Now, Phil, you will play the part of Uncle Sam, and Mary, you'll be Uncle Sam's wife, Columbia. Now, you and Uncle Sam have 48 children. 48 children? Wait till Alice hears about this. <laughs> it's only a play. Now, Dennis, I have a very difficult part for you. We have? Yes. You will be several of the foreign countries in the United Nations, such as France. Oui, oui. England. Rather. Mexico. Buenas noches, senor. And Russia. How do you do? 
Now, Dennis, this is a very serious play, so let's get started. As the curtain rises, the old year, 1950, is in his room packing, and Columbia is helping him. Curtain. Music. Oh, Columbia. Columbia, will you come here a minute, please? Oh, what do you want, 1950? Give me a hand with my packing, will you? Got to get out of here by midnight and make room for the new tenant. Oh, yes. Little 51 will be here soon. Yep. As soon as I'm packed, I'll be on my way. Sure wish I could take that television set with me. <laughs> Why? That Faye Emerson. Wow! <laughs> say, Columbia, where's your husband, Uncle Sam? like to say goodbye to him. Oh, he's meeting with the U.N. again. There's so many things for him to straighten out these days. Yeah, but Sam's been in a lot of tough situations before, and he's always come out all right. Well, almost got the suitcase filled. Now, let's see, what else? Oh, yeah, I want to take some of this music. Irene, good night, Irene. Irene, good night. Good night, Irene. Good night. Yep, gonna take that one with me. If Irene don't want to go to sleep, why force her? <laughs> now, let's see. Yep. Guess I got about everything. Hiya, Rube. Hiya. What was that? Oh, one of them flying saucers. <laughs> Now, let's see. Yes, sirree. Guess I've packed about everything. Well, look who's here. It's Uncle Sam. Hello, Sam. Howdy, Columbia. I just dropped in to say goodbye to 1950. Right nice of you, Sam, coming to say goodbye to me, considering all the trouble I gave you. Yep, you've sure been a rough year. Well, I know I made some mistakes, but... Mistakes? Right off the bat, you froze up my son, Florida. Then you practically ruined me with the coal and railroad strikes. And, brother, what you done to Notre Dame? Now, don't be too hard on 50, Sam. He did his best. Well, thanks, Columbia. Cried anyway. Well, I better get going. Say, don't forget to say goodbye to my 48 kids. I won't. They're my favorite little... Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Columbia, how come you're sitting there knitting? Oh, ain't she told you? <laughs> told me what? We're expecting two more, Hawaii and Alaska. Where? <laughs> kind of tough, knitting wool and underwear and grass skirts at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Hello, everybody. Well, well, if it ain't the world. Hello, world. How's the universe treating me? No, I don't know. Hey, world, you don't look too happy. Well, I haven't been feeling so well lately. You remember how sick I was from 1914 to 1918? Uh-huh. Then I had a relapse from 1939 to 1945. Yep, I heard about it, but I thought you were all over that. A few months ago, I suddenly developed a big pain around my 38th parallel. <laughs> Well, why don't you go see a doctor? I did, and he knew what was wrong with me as soon as he took my blood count. Too many red cells. <laughs> mm. 
feel a lot better if they get something accomplished downstairs in the U.N. Say, they're having a meeting there now. Let's open the door and listen. Order, order. Let's have a little order for the next speaker. Look, the Russian delegate is getting up. Yeah. People of the world, gentlemen and comrades, we of the Russian Soviets wish for peace, and we are prepared to make a fair compromise. All we ask is a small buffer area. Of course, this would mean moving the 38th parallel slightly. We would like to move it somewhere around Alabama and Mississippi. Hmm. Now we would like to hear from... I am not finished with my speech yet. Since I am here in America, I want to tell you the terrible things I have seen with my own eyes. Peasants are forced to ride in automobiles. In California, some of the peasants are even forced to ride with the top down. And they are wearing dark glasses so nobody should see how much they are suffering. And tomorrow, tomorrow in the concentration camp they call the Rose Bowl, a hundred thousand people will be forced to huddle together to watch a football game. Why I just a that... moment, just a moment. What is wrong? Why is it, Mr. Russian delegate, that every time we discuss a matter here, you stall and delay the debate for weeks and months so it never ends? Well, if you must know, the longer I stay here, the less time I have to spend in Russia. <laughs> Close the door, Sam. I've heard enough. Well, Columbia, it's almost midnight. Better get my bags together and... Say, the new year's coming a few seconds early. What do you mean, old-timer? Look out the window. Here he comes now without any clothes on. Just a cloth wrapped around him. Hey, are you the new year? No, I'm on my way home from Santa Anita. <laughs> Doggone, I thought sure that was him. Well, let's see. I got my bags packed, got my hourglass. I guess I'm... Hey, that must be him now. Come in. Hi, Earl. <laughs> oh, gone. There goes that saucer again. I didn't see anything. Neither did I. Well, some people do and some don't. <laughs> hmm. That's the first stroke of 12. I wonder what's keeping the new tenant. Little fella should be here by now. Don't worry, he'll show up. Now, before I leave, Sam, here's a little tip for you. Keep your shirt on, but your sleeves rolled up, and everything will be all right. Don't worry, old-timer. They can push Uncle Sam just so far. Then he starts pushing back. I know, Sam, but you're going to need a lot of things to push with. So keep your factories humming. People have to work a little harder and do without a few things, but they did it before, and they can do it again. Well, time's a fleeting, but I can't leave till that little shaver gets here. That must be him now. Yeah. Come in. Yep, it's a little New Year. Hello, son. Hello, Timer. Isn't he cute? Yeah, I bet he don't weigh much more than Sinatra. <laughs> Come here, Sonny. I want you to meet Uncle Sam and his wife, Columbia. Glad to know you, folks. Hello, Sonny. Hi, bub. Make yourself to home. And say, I almost forgot. This is the world. Want you to meet him, too. Hello, son. Hello. 
So he's the world, huh? Yes, sir. Gosh, there's enough room on him for everybody. <laughs> well, there should be, and yet... Oh, I don't quite understand it myself. Well, it's getting late, and I'll have to be moseying along, son, but there are a few things you ought to know. What is it, old-timer? Well, the most important thing I want you to remember is to take good care of Uncle Sam here. You ain't going to have no picnic, 51. You may get some complaints about high prices and taxes. Gee, I'm a little discouraged already. Oh, I wouldn't be too discouraged. It looks bad, but some good things are happening. Some people are beginning to understand each other a little better. A couple of weeks ago, a fellow called Ralph Bunch, grandson of a slave, went to Stockholm to pick up his Nobel Peace Award. Take good care of him, Sonny. We need men like that. I will. Then there's some more fellas I want you to take care of. You'll hear about them. Ike Eisenhower and Douglas MacArthur. They've been helping Sam for a long time. There's some others, too. Sam will tell you who they are, won't you, Sam? I sure will. reason I'm mentioning this, Sonny, is because I want you to be a little more careful than I was. See, I lost some mighty good boys while I was here. One of them just recently. A fellow named Walton Walker. He was a general and a darn good one, too. And then there were thousands of others who weren't generals and weren't even officers. Just plain G.I.s. But they're all doing their job for Uncle Sam. Weren't they, Sam? Yep. I'll never forget them. Then there was another fellow we lost during my time. Was he a soldier, too? Well, you could call him that. Sort of a singing soldier. Used to go around entertaining everybody. Singing songs and telling jokes, making people happy. I wish you could have seen him. He was good, huh? Good? Why, son, when he'd get down on one knee and sing about his mammy, the people would stand up and cheer. And after he sang and sang and sang and you thought he was all through, he'd look right at you and say, you ain't heard nothing yet. Hmm. There's the 11th gong. Gee, I feel older already. Well, you got a big responsibility, son. Just as soon as I go, it's all yours. Well, I guess I'll be on my way. Gosh, I hate to go. There were so many things I wanted to do. But you're young and strong, and I guess I'm leaving it in good hands. Goodbye, son. Goodbye. So long, Sam. So long, Columbia. Goodbye, old-timer. Old Goodbye, 1950. So long, world. Keep smiling.
first, let's throw our cares to the winds and join a happy New Year's party. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, strike, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. The bells will ring, the whistles blow to celebrate this night. So let's all light a lucky strike and start the New Year right. I'm Father Time, I'm leaving soon, so take my tip on parting for milder smoking all year through by Lucky's by the carton. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky, go lucky, strike today. Friends, enjoy your cigarette. If you're not happy with your present brand, and the 38 City Survey shows that millions of smokers are not, smoke Lucky Strike. With every Lucky you light, you always get the happy blending of perfect mildness and rich, true taste that fine tobacco and only fine tobacco can give you. And remember, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So for all the deep-down smoking enjoyment you want and deserve in a cigarette, be happy, go lucky. Yes, in 1951, make every carton Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, go lucky strike. Be happy, go lucky, go lucky strike today. Good night, everybody, and a happy new year from all of us. Happy, happy new, new year, year, everybody! Happy Sure to hear Dennis Day in a day in the life of Dennis Day. Stay tuned for the Amos and Andy show, which follows immediately. Transcribe, this is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Mysterious Traveler. This is the Mysterious Traveler, inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and uh, chill you a little. So settle back and get a good grip on your nerves. If you can. Where are we going? Well, let us say for the moment, we're taking a little trip into time. And a story I call... New Year's Nightmare. the old year entered its last minute, the crowds at the Club Tropicana were waiting expectantly for the clock to strike midnight. At a ringside table, a lovely young woman angrily whispers to the man with her. Chris, if you take another drink, I'll leave. Oh, Judy, this is New Year's Eve. It'll be 1947 in another minute. Gotta celebrate, don't I? Just one more. Just one more, just one more. That's what you always say. I wouldn't mind if it were just tonight, but you're always getting drunk. Waiter, another bottle of champagne. Nothing I say means anything to you, does it? 
Do you think because I've forgiven you a dozen times in the past, I'll do it again? But you're wrong, Chris. Happy New Year, darling. 1947 is going to be our year. No, Chris, it isn't. I won't marry a man who gets drunk in New York and wakes up the next day in another city. Oh, Judy, what are you saying? You don't mean that. You know I love you. Yes, Chris, you love me. But not enough to give up drinking. I'll miss you, Chris. Miss you terribly. But I know I'm doing the right thing. Judy, don't talk like that. I couldn't live without you. You know that. Won't you? I'm sorry, Chris. Here's your ring. Will you please take me home? You don't have to leave. If the sight of my drinking is too much for you, I'll go someplace else and do it. Martin will take you home. Happy New Year and goodbye. Finishing that drink, mister. It's five o'clock in the morning and I'm dead on my feet. Sure. Sure, I'll drink up. No matter what she says. That's right. Now, you better go home and sleep it off. Good night and a happy 1947 to you. Thanks. And the same to you. Don't. Gotta find another bar. New Year's... Gotta celebrate. Hmm. Another bar across the street. Oh, gotta celebrate. Hey, mister! Look out for that car! You gotta get run down if you don't! Look out! What's that noise? Those horns. Why, darling, it's midnight. New Year's. Oh, my head, it's throbbing so. Where am I? How did I get here? Why, darling, you live here. Live here? What are you talking about? Charles, I'd better call Dr. Smith. You look so strange. Hello? Connect me with Dr. Smith's apartment, please never seen this place before. Hello, doctor. This is Blanche Arnold. Yes, it's Charles. He isn't well. Could you come to our apartment at once? Oh, thank you. Goodbye. What do you mean, I live here? Who are you? Where am I? I'm your wife, Charles. This is our home, don't you remember? You're my wife. Well, you can't be. I'm not married. What am I doing here? What's your game? Charles, can't you remember anything about us? What are you talking about? I never saw you before. And why do you keep calling me Charles? My name is Chris. Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews. So that's what the initial C.A. stood for. Oh, that noise out there. What are they making such a racket for? Because it's midnight, New Year's Eve. Midnight? New Year's Eve? But it was midnight hours ago. When I left the club, Tropicana. What are you talking about? Oh, that must be Dr. Smith. I'll answer it. Dr. Smith? I don't know any Dr. Smith. Oh, come in, doctor. I'm so glad you're here. 
I think it's the amnesia. It seems to have left him all of a sudden. Charles? It's Dr. Smith. I don't know him, and I don't know you. And please stop calling me Charles. I told you my name is Chris Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't you sit down, Mr. Andrews? I'd like to talk with you for a few minutes. What about? Uh, tell me, Mr. Andrews. What's the last thing you remember before finding yourself in this apartment? Why, Judy. She and I were at the Club Tropicana, celebrating New Year's Eve. I see. I remember we quarreled about my drinking. I walked out on her and had a few drinks someplace else. Mm -hmm. That's all I can recall. Oh, my head. I've had hangovers, but I've never felt like this before. What time is it? Uh, it's just four minutes after 12. But it can't be four minutes after 12 New Year's Eve. That was hours ago when I left the Tropicana. Mr. Andrews, that was New Year's Eve... 1947. What do you mean, that was New Year's Eve, 1947? Uh, this is New Year's Eve, 1948. 1948? What are you talking about? It's 1947. Well, here's the morning paper. You can see the date for yourself. Thursday, January 1st, 1948. No, it can't be. It can't be. A year gone? Just like that? But where did it go? I haven't lived it yet. Perhaps you'd better let me clear up a few things for you. 1948. Uh, my name is Smith. I was a resident physician until recently at the Park Hospital. Uh, while I was on duty uh, last New Year's Day, 1947, you were brought into the hospital seriously injured, having been run over by a car. When you recovered consciousness five days later, you didn't know who you were. You were a victim of amnesia. Amnesia? Yes, and we didn't know who you were as you had no identification papers. But my wallet, uh, letters... They were gone. The only clue to your identity was a belt buckle with the initials uh, C.A. on it. We didn't know your real name, so I called you Charles for the C. Uh, Blanche was your nurse. I've always liked the name Charles. And as for your last name, we thought Arnold was as good as any. So you became Charles Arnold. But what have I been doing since the day I recovered consciousness? Well, you weren't discharged from the hospital until May. Uh, then you went to work as an insurance clerk. As an insurance clerk? But I don't know anything about being a clerk. I'm a reporter. Well, there was no way of learning what your occupation had been. Uh, so when Blanche learned of this opening in an insurance office, you applied for the position. And that's where I've been working? Up to now? Yes. And then after you got your job, we were married. Married? Charles. I mean, Chris. Don't you remember? I'm afraid, Blanche, you really can't. Married. But Judy... Oh, it's like a dream. My head keeps throbbing. I keep expecting to wake up. There's a date in the paper... January 1st, 1948. Doctor, you said he might never get over his amnesia. Well, that was a strong possibility, but apparently the sounds of New Year's brought back his memory. You're going just like that. Judy, my friends, job, all gone. Doctor, where am I? I mean, what's the address of this apartment house? You're at 5718 North 13th Street, Philadelphia. Philadelphia? But how did I get to Philadelphia? Uh, that we don't know. 
All that I can tell you is that your accident occurred just a few blocks from here. Darling, I know what a shock it must be. Strange. You must have called me darling many times in the past. And yet this is the first time I've, I've ever heard you call me that. Yes. I know. What did you say your name was? Doctor. Come in, won't you? Thank you. How are you, Blanche? Mm, all right, I suppose. How's Chris getting along? He's fine. It's just... Why, Blanche, what's this? I've never seen you cry. Here, here. No, it's just that everything's so changed. Those six months Chris and I were married before he regained his memory were the happiest of my life. And now? This past month since he got his memory back, it's been as though I were married to a stranger. It isn't as though he doesn't try to be nice to me, but it's all so obvious. He doesn't love me. Now, Blanche, you mustn't say that. It's true, I tell you. How can a man love a woman those first six months as he loved me and then fall out of love with her when he's regained his memory? Well, you must have patience, Blanche. It will take time for Chris to adjust himself to what's happened. He fell in love with you as Charles Arnold, and I'm sure he will as Chris Andrews. You just must give him time. Chris! Chris Andrews! Chris, it is you! Judy! Oh, Judy! Oh, just let me look at you. This can't be true. You're being here. Oh, well, it is. Ah, it's been a long time. Yes. A year and a month since New Year's Eve, 1947. Chris, what are you doing here in Philadelphia? I live here. Well, so do I. I, I got a job with Ryan and Company as a copywriter here a few months ago. Look, Judy, we can't talk here on the sidewalk. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, look, I, I live only a few blocks from here. We can go to my apartment. Oh, that's fine. There's so much I want to ask, and... There's so much to tell. Here, let me have your hat and coat. Thank you. Would you like something to drink? No, I uh, don't drink anymore. Oh? Chris, you have changed. You look so much older. Well, you don't. You're as lovely as that night I saw you last. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Judy... You'll have to let me explain what happened after I left you that night at the Tropicana. If you find it difficult to believe, I won't blame you. It still seems like a nightmare to me. That night, after I left you... And so now you know everything. From the moment I last saw you to this one. No wonder you look different after having gone through an experience like that. Well, you're all right now. You, you know who you are. You're happily married. You have a job. I'm not happily married, Judy. Chris, you mustn't talk like that. Surely you must have loved your wife if you married her, and she hasn't changed. Judy, there's never been anyone for me but you. You know that. And you still feel that way about me. No, I don't. When we met tonight, that old look was still in your eyes. 
You do care. You know you do. Please, Chris, no matter how I feel about you, it's over now. You're married, and that's all there is to it. I, I, I wish you'd go, and I don't want to see you again. Chris, where have you been? I expected you home from work hours ago. I met a friend. Oh. Oh, you look so tired. Do you feel well? Blanche, this past month I tried my best to be a good husband. Haven't I? Well, you have been, darling. No, there's something missing, and you know it. Oh, it isn't your fault. It's mine. And as a result, we're both unhappy. You mustn't say that, Chris. I feel that in time, things will be as they were when we were first married. When you were Charles Arnold. No, but they won't be, Blanche. It's no use, I tell you. Chris, who is the friend you met tonight? The girl I was once engaged to. I see. Blanche, you've got to give me a divorce. No, Chris. I'll never do that. But why? You know I don't love you. What's the sense in going on like this? Chris, when you were Charles Arnold, you did love me and we were happy together. I had your love once and I mean to win it back. I won't give you a divorce. Hello, Judy. Chris. Chris, I, I asked you not to call on me again. Judy, I've got to talk to you. May I come in? Well, all right. But just for a few minutes. Thank you. Judy, even if we hadn't met again a week ago, things wouldn't have been any different between my wife and myself. I'll never love her. And I'm not going on with her. What do you mean, Chris? I'm going to leave her, Judy, and start all over someplace far away. I just came around to say goodbye. Are you set on leaving her? Yes. Nothing can change my mind about that. Now, you, you've got to understand my position, Chris. I could never be happy with you if I thought I'd been the one who came between you and your wife. But if you are going to leave her, I would like to see you again when you're free. Would you, Judy? Yes. But I don't want to see you until she's given you a divorce. Uh, divorce? Judy, I am going to be free. Nothing's going to prevent it. Nothing. Blanche, uh, uh, how would you like to go out tonight? Go out? Yeah, we might take in a show or... Go dancing? <laughs> Didn't I ever take you out when I was Charles Arnold? Oh, why, yes. We used to have wonderful evenings together then. Well, why not now? Unless you don't want to. Oh, Chris, there's nothing in the world I'd rather do. Hey, why the tears? Oh, it's just that I'm so happy. Oh, come here. Uh, did this Mr. Arnold ever put his <laughs> arms around you? Like this? Oh, yes, often. <laughs> oh, Chris, stop squeezing me so tight. Chris! Sorry, darling. Oh. Oh. You almost, you almost squeezed me to death. That's so you remember that I'm your husband and, uh, 
Not Mr. Arnold. And uh, Blanche. Oh, yes, Chris. I'm taking a week's vacation soon. Uh, what do you say if we go up to the Adirondack Mountains for a week of winter sport? Oh, Chris, I'd love to. Well, it'll be like a second honeymoon. here is like being alone in the world. Yes, just the two of us. Oh, this past week's been a wonderful one, Chris. I've never been so happy. Nor have I. Oh, be careful, Chris. Don't go so near the edge. That canyon's 4,000 feet deep. Oh, this ledge is perfectly safe. Come over here and take a look at the valley below. All right. Oh, please keep your arms around me, Chris. Looking down like this frightens me. There. You're safe in my uh, arms. Chris, why are you looking at me that way? What way, dear? I don't know. Is your head throbbing again? No, dear. Uh, I don't suppose you've changed your mind about giving me a divorce, have you? Giving you a divorce? But I thought we were so happy together. Yes, that's the impression I meant people to get. Chris, you can't be serious. Why, everything's been wonderful these past few weeks. Oh, I see it won't be any use trying to talk you into it. What do you mean? I'm sorry, Blanche. I don't want to do this, but you've given me no alternative. It's really your own fault uh, that you must die. Let, let, let go of me. Let, let, no, you no. struggling, darling. No one can see or hear you. And you can't possibly escape. You can't throw me off that ledge. Then I'll hang you. I don't think so, dear. We've been so happy these past few weeks. I'm sure the police will... See it as an unfortunate no. accident. Stop pushing me toward the edge. Chris, no, no, I'll give you a divorce. I'll give you anything. I'm no, afraid no, it's too no, late for no, that. No, no. Chris. Uh, good evening, Judy. Uh, may I come in? Why, yes, of course. How are you, Chris? Oh, I'm all right. I uh, want to thank you for the note you sent me uh, when Blanche died. I can't tell you how sorry I was to hear about it, Chris. Yes, it, it all happened so quickly. Mm. What have you been doing since then? Oh, just working. Trying to straighten myself out. Yes. Uh, Judy, perhaps I shouldn't talk about it now, seeing that... Blanche has only been gone a month, but I've been thinking of leaving town. Will you come with me? Please sit down, Chris. You make me nervous walking back and forth like this. All right. But you haven't answered my question. Well, it isn't easy to answer. Well, it would be if you said yes. Uh, I see in your eyes you mean no. Why? Chris, I've met someone else recently. Someone else? But you said if I were free, you'd marry me. I didn't say I'd marry you. I said if you were free, I'd like to see you again. But now I'm not even sure of that. 
You're so different from what you used to be. Stop being clever. If you didn't say you'd marry me, you, you implied as much. Please, Chris, you're, you're making it so difficult for me. I'm making it difficult for you. And I suppose what I've been through doesn't count. I risked my life to get you. Risked your life? Chris, what are you saying? Are you such a fool as to believe that Blanche fell off that mountain? Chris, you didn't. Yes. And I did because you said you'd marry me if I were oh, free. Oh, no, I meant a divorce. But she wouldn't give me a divorce. It was the only way I could gain my freedom. And now you tell me there's someone else. Oh, Chris. I did it for you. And you're going to marry me. No, I won't. If I can't have you, no one else will. Chris, what's the matter with you? Chris! We were meant for each other, darling. In life and in death. Chris, if you come any closer, I'll scream for help. No, don't. Chris, no! If you won't marry me, you'll never marry no. anyone else. There. He'll never have you. I didn't want to do it, darling. But you forced me to. Oh, my head. It throbs so. Everything's like a nightmare. Open up in there. This is the police. The police? I've got to get away. Oh, they're closing in on me. There's no escape from this roof. Let's work our way down from this end of the roof to the other. They'll never take me alive. Never. I've got five bullets. Four for them and the last for myself. Take it easy now, Joe. <laughs> maybe hand me hand one of those chimneys. Oh, my head. It keeps throbbing so. If I could only think. All this can't be real. It's like a horrible dream. And you're coming for me. Wait. There's someone behind that chimney over there. Get under cover. They'll never take me alive. Never. I'll show them. Keep down, Mike. Why don't you come and get me? If I shoot it out with me, huh? I'll show you! Come on, Mike. His gun is empty. Oh, empty? You'll never take me alive. Never! He's climbing up on the ledge. It's 15 stories down. I'm coming, street. Judy. I'm coming! He's going to jump! I'm falling! Falling! You'll never take me. Never. I'm falling, falling. Doctor, the patient's recovering consciousness. Yes, you're right. He's opening his eyes. Oh, my head. It throbs so. Where am I? Oh, it was a dream. Not for you. Oh, thank heaven. Now, you must be quiet. You've been in a serious accident. Accident? Yes. You were hit by an automobile New Year's morning. Uh, would you mind telling me your name? There weren't any identification papers in your clothing, and we'd like to inform your relatives of what's happened. My name? It's... It's... I can't remember my name. I see. Well, what about your address? Can you remember that? No. No, I can't remember anything. Now, you mustn't get excited. It'll all come back to you. You received a fractured skull from the accident. There was a mountain. Mountain? You, you mean you live near one? I... I don't know. There was a mountain. And the police were chasing me. And I... Jumped off a high building. It... It's all mixed up. You probably dreamed that uh, while you were unconscious. But you're all right now. Just need rest and quiet. 
Where am I? You're in the Park Hospital, Philadelphia. Philadelphia? What day is it? It's January 5th, 1947. It's 7.26 in the evening. And you don't know my name? No, all we have is your belt buckle with the initials uh, C.A. C.A.? Nurse, will you look after the patient now? I'll be in to see him later tonight. Yes, doctor. Are you comfortable? The initial C.A. What do you suppose they stand for? Perhaps the C is for Charles. Charles? Charles. I don't know. Well, suppose I call you Charles, just for the time being. I always liked the name Charles. All right. What's your name? I'm Miss Thompson, but you can call me Blanche. And Charles, let me be the first to wish you a happy 1947. Mysterious traveler again. Have you enjoyed our little trip? Oh, by the way, I want to wish you all a very happy new year. And I do hope you'll be careful about making new acquaintances. And perhaps you'd better keep an eye on the old ones, too. For after all, who can foretell the future? Not even Chris Andrews, or should I say, Charles Arnold, knows what's in store for him. But we do, don't we? And uh, speaking of the future, I... Oh, you're getting off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. I take this same train every week at this same time. You've just heard The Mysterious Traveler, a series of dramas of the strange and terrifying. In tonight's cast were Maurice Tarplin, Stuart Brody, Louise Fitch, Hester Sondergaard, and Mort Lawrence. Original music was played by Doc Whipple. The Mysterious Traveler is written and directed by Bob Arthur and David Cogan. Listen next week over most of these stations to a tale titled... No Grave Can Hold Me. Another tale of The Mysterious Traveler. Mysterious Traveler has been presented from our New York studios. Carl Caruso speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.